listeners, my name is Craig Zerpolo, and welcome back to Why Science, a podcast about behavioral and emotional health research at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. This podcast is produced by COBE, the College Behavioral and Emotional Health Institute, with support from the Alt Lab at VCU and the National Institute for Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Music for Why Science is provided by Butcher Brown. Streamer purchased their new EP, Virginia Noir, at butcherbrown.bandcamp.com. I'm really excited to announce that we've recently joined iTunes as well. Subscribe to us and give us a quick review to help us promote mental health research here in Richmond and around the world. Our guest today is Daniela Tudor, an entrepreneur and member of the recovery community who runs a startup called Polalink. With Polalink, Tudor is preparing to release WeConnect, an app that helps reduce relapse rates for people in recovery by helping them organize their responsibilities, creating a tailored social support network, and incentivizing long-term goals. My name is Daniela Tudor. I'm the CEO and co-founder of the WeConnect mobile app by Palalink. It's essentially a mobile platform that helps those in recovery um, stay in recovery and we reduce relapse by managing their recovery programs. How did you end up working in startups and tech? Did you study business or computer science in college? Yeah, so it probably is not very linear. Um, In school, I studied political science with a minor in comparative religion, but I was always passionate about business and startups. My dad told me about an entrepreneur named Richard Branson when I was 12, and a lot of my business acumen is simply self-taught heavy on mentorship, things like that, and then just experience. So I had small businesses in the past and um, music, art, technology-related startup. And then I also built out software development and engineering teams for big clients like Microsoft, IT departments of major motion picture studios and banks. So I learned and saw at a very rapid rate technology projects either failing or succeeding. And so I took all of that experience and then me personally getting into recovery and learning about the space combined the two two pieces to create um, this mobile platform that aims to reduce relapse. So you mentioned that you're in recovery as well. Can you tell me about how that shaped your approach to WeConnect and why you think it's important to support people who are in recovery? Yeah, so essentially I went to inpatient and I found out two really important things. One, uh, the counselor told me in one of our sessions to look to my left and my right and it was very unlikely that even one of us was going to make it without relapsing 90 days out of that treatment center. And I had just found a community of people that were going through the same thing that I was Before inpatient, I didn't know that um, addiction was a health condition. I didn't know that there were even other people going through the same thing I was. So um, getting those two pieces of data, I basically set out to solve the problem of relapse. And so when I got out, that day getting out of treatment, you get a piece of paper with all of these overwhelming activities that you're supposed to complete. Um, And I remember that day being only 28 days sober being asked to get into my sober living home, get out of an unhealthy relationship, go to outpatient, go to my first 12-step meeting, finding a sponsor, all of that was really overwhelming. So I thought there's got to be a better way. And so we set out and looked at peer-reviewed research. We interviewed 200 people in recovery. 
um, talked to clinical directors and treatment center owners and discovered that there's two driving forces in relapse. One is lack of communication just in time. And second, there's a lack of accountability of those um, activities you're supposed to complete when you get out of treatment. And so we built the platform to support those um, and to solve that problem. What specific things does WeConnect do that answer those two fundamental problems about recovery that you just mentioned? So you enter all of your recovery activities into the app. And so you enter time, date, and geolocation of your therapy sessions, your 12-step meetings, everything that pertains to your recovery. Now, you also have to connect to at least two people that are part of your aftercare continuum. That can be peers, or it can be your therapist, your case manager, your parole officer. Um, Walking around with the app, the app actually verifies by GPS and accelerometer that you completed those activities. Upon completion, you get rewards like free coffee, free um, fitness classes, free yoga classes. And so um, you get rewarded for completing those things in recovery. And um, on the other side, if you complete less than 70% of your activities, it sends a text message alert to everyone you're connected to to reach out to you. And so within a 12-hour period, Um, The person can get diverted from isolating, which is ultimately how the relapse starts happening mentally weeks or days before you actually pick up the the drink or drug. What was the timeline for WeConnect from the moment that you conceptualized the idea to now being on the precipice of delivering it to the masses? Yeah, so I went to inpatient and got into recovery about two years and three months ago, and I journaled about this idea in inpatient. When I got out, I, I started. I went back into my field. I was working full-time for a mobile app development firm, nine to five, um, and in the evenings and weekends is uh, when I found my first co-founder, Jen, and we started working on this part-time. We found our third co-founder, Murphy, and um, we wireframed what the app would look like and sought out to find investment. And we were really mindful about, I mean, we're mindful about anybody we bring into this venture, but even specifically with investors, we looked at, We have a very specific profile for investors in that they have to come from either social impact, healthcare investing, or they have to have some sort of involvement in the recovery or addiction space. And so the first angel investor that we really approached and pitched to couldn't have been more perfect. Um, You know, he's got personal uh, family members that have been affected. And then his wife does substance abuse policy with the governor of Arizona. Um, He sold a drug testing kit company and he founded a not-for-profit for for preventative care for middle schoolers and high schoolers. So once we got that investment last December is when we started building out the company full-time. So it's been about 10 months and we piloted our iPhone uh, native app in California, Arizona, and Washington, and now we're getting to release, ready to release into the App Store on both Android and iOS um, here in about 50-something days. So, In the piloting phase of WeConnect, what kind of feedback did you get? Were there any things that specifically seemed to be really effective or really in need of tweaking? Yeah, so the rewards portion, talking about what sets us apart, is client engagement onto the app. So the rewards portion uh, worked as we thought. It would be the linchpin that sort of makes the application work. And then I was really nervous about, did we make the app simple enough but appealing enough that it would 
um, be picked up and adopted by all demographics, all ages, all socioeconomic uh, backgrounds, and it was. So that was a good surprise. And then anything that's been suggested as a feature really is already in our roadmap. We just obviously weren't, we haven't built out every single feature imaginable yet. Um, we're getting there. So um, that was really, really great and comforting to know that we're really on the right path and we're offering um we're offering what people are looking for, and it's been really great feedback and clear engagement on the app. The last 90 days has shown, um, because they're engaged on the app, that there's a reduction in relapse by being engaged on the app. So that's been really amazing. So one of the major things that this app can do is to capture a wealth of data about a person's experience in recovery and engagement level so that you can measure the effectiveness of treatments. What does the exchange of information look like for stakeholders such as doctors, counselors, and insurance companies? First and foremost, though, as it pertains to the user, you're not searchable on the app. All of your data is protected. We are HIPAA compliant. So when you do sign up for the app, though, you sign the terms and conditions where if you're attached to an institution like a treatment center insurance company, um, they're able to access that data in a really anonymous, private way. Um, And what our hope and mission is with that data is to provide data for outcome studies and also the effectiveness of the treatment plans that individuals are being handed when they leave those facilities. So there's two purposes behind it. Again, one, get enough data to actually do outcome studies, and then two, help uh, clinicians or case managers or therapists um, really zero in on what's working and what isn't working to make more effective treatment plans. And then third, really at the counselor level, you're able to see what the week ahead looks like for the individual. And so they're able to set them up for success and address if there's a lack of activities input into the app for each individual. Again, feeding back into the loop of reducing relapse. You've also worked with academics and researchers while designing the app, and you hope to give them access on the back end so that they can continue to do research with your data. Was there anything you learned from conversations with them that you didn't know from your personal experience in recovery or from your work in business and technology? Definitely. I mean, I don't come from the academia research side, so I didn't realize just how much goes into doing research. And that's why that's we're not trying to say that we're going to do the research ourselves and we are looking for partnerships. So that was definitely the biggest lesson is, um, you know, that's not our expertise. And so we're looking for partnerships to um, do the peer-reviewed research. And then the other surprising thing to me was just the lack of research that's being done in this space and how much of a need there is to do research and to put out um, data because it's, I mean, it's the biggest public health uh, crisis that we have in the country. And I had a, I had to go to the actual library and um, the, only, the most recent study we could find that was really wholesome was from 2013. And me coming from technology where everything is evolving and changing so rapidly, um, that was a huge, um, huge kind of uh, revelation that I didn't, I didn't know before. Absolutely. I know you've spoken in prior interviews about wanting to avoid overly gamifying the app. Could you explain your thought process behind that? Yeah. So, I mean, in our future roadmap, we're going to address other addiction populations. And one of that actually includes technology. We're going to we're looking to build a standalone non-smart device that does the same functions of our app. And so we were mindful about the double edged sword. Technology can disconnect us or connect us and bridge that gap between human connection and communication. So the rewards specifically are built in in a way that's not gamified or triggers that technology addiction that people People have. We do 
place badges on there for days active or how many days you have sober, but those badges can't be gamified in a way to where you're getting more points just by clicking something to get that instant gratification. And then every single reward we vet. So we only work with businesses or services that drive the person further into their recovery. It's not something that um, drives uh, basically addiction or escapism in a way. Um, So again, fitness classes or coffee coupons, which encourage the person to fellowship more and and go to coffee with their friends in recovery. You and some of your business partners launching WeConnect are all in long-term recovery, which certainly makes a difference in terms of knowing what users would want out of an app like this. But what else separates your company from others trying to support people in recovery? Yeah, so myself and one partner is in long-term recovery. And then the third partner, she has the family perspective. So she's in her own recovery uh, pertaining to trauma and PTSD. And then she has the family member viewpoint of um, how addiction you know, affects the entire family system. And so we have a very 360 view of how we build our app. We think about every single user type that's gonna come onto the platform. And I think the other part that really sets us apart from other folks is not just the experience of ourselves being in recovery, but our ability to create partnerships in the space. No one's really approaching it like we are um, with in mind that if we partner with other organizations, it's going to get us to help and impact the greatest amount of people. And I think community and partnership um, in any business that you go into is going to is going to drive things further. Um, and the space really needs that. So, on the horizon, what are you most excited for about the future of this app and different ways that technology can support recovery? I mean, the future of our company is exciting because we're looking to, again, going back to the philosophy of partnerships makes us stronger. We're looking to integrate with existing activity trackers, with existing wellness and fitness apps, because I believe that um, not only is our population segment really great um, in numbers, but there's got to be a wholesome view to someone's recovery about the whole whole continuum of mind, body, and spirit. So what I'm excited about is the day where we're gonna be able to do some predictive stuff. And so if the person's waking up, their heart rate's a little bit higher due to the sensors that you know they might have through their Fitbit, that our app would adjust, for example, meditation time to be twice as long. So doing that kind of predictive stuff, like really having this platform be your sidekick in your heroic journey into recovery is what I look forward to the most. If you had the chance to say one thing to other members of the recovery community after your experience, both being a member and also using business and technology to support those people, what would you want to say? I mean, I guess the one thing I would say in general, which we don't like to hear sometimes, but it's like, you know, just talk to someone, whatever stage you're at, whether you're feeling like you're getting complacent in your recovery or you're struggling or you're doing really well, keep talking to other people that have walked uh, the same walk that you have and ask for help like that's one of the things i really had to overcome not just in recovery but in business is to be humble enough to ask for help and that's the only thing that's like keeping me moving forward um in all aspects of life really so that's what i would say Thank you to Daniela Tudor for joining us, and thank you for listening. To stay up to date on the launch of WeConnect, go to WeConnectRecovery.com. That's W-E-ConnectRecovery.com. 
We're going on a brief hiatus for winter break here at VCU, so check back in on January 26th for a new episode of Why Science on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on our home website at kobe.vcu.edu slash podcast. Take care and happy holidays. Thank you.